Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Own the Feels, brought to you in partnership with Love Better, where we are doing our damnedest to help us break up better. This means owning whatever we're feeling and learning how to deal with it. And Liv and I have quite a heavy topic to dive into today, but we think it'll be quite helpful. We kind of have to talk about it because, unfortunately, it is something that can happen quite often after a breakup, and that is stalking. As with most things we talk about in here, there are many layers to stalking. It can be online, it can be in real life, it can be really fucking harmful, um, or it can be more low level like the other things we've sort of talked about. But we did think it was probably quite good for us to share some stories and talk about some tools to deal with stalking that isn't just like hitting the block button, although that is actually quite a good place to start. So we're also going to explore how people can identify potential stalking behaviours either in yourself or in other people and how to change these behaviours to hopefully prevent further sort of hurt to the, to yourself or to your ex. So look, naturally, as our starting point, I'm going to talk a little bit about what stalking actually is because I feel like we all know about online, like low-level stalking, but maybe it's hard for us to tell if we're seeing this behaviour in real life, like where the line is. Yeah, so Lewis, could you tell us what to look for? Yeah. When it comes to stalking, what you're looking for, what you're trying to identify is persistent and unwanted attention from someone that makes you feel intruded upon and harassed. So it's not so much like a single one-off incident, although that, you know, it can be harmful in its own right. It's when it's continued behavior. If stalking isn't identified either in yourself or in someone else, it can cross the line into some really fucking dangerous behavior. Obviously, like most things we talk about, it's a spectrum and it covers like low level behaviors, which we will be talking about today mostly, but it can also move into really serious and harmful and threatening behaviors. If you're ever concerned about someone that you feel like is crossing the line or you feel like you are tending to sort of move into more harmful territory and becoming obsessive about someone or, you know, showing some of these behaviours, please do see the resources that we always link below in the show notes. But first, I just thought we'd go through a little bit of a list of what stalking behaviour can look like. So the first one is hyper intimacy. So like excessive courtship behaviour. Yeah, like I think this is when you're like trying to swoon someone like past the point, past the yeah. point of trying to just win them over and get a date with them or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's more invasive. It's yeah. like intimacy that would make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Two is interactional contact. So this is repeated attempts to have face to face 
contact with you, showing up at your door, showing up at your school, your place of work, like trying to get in your face. Yeah, we hear in the stories that we're going to go into some examples of this. And then number three, obviously flowing on from that is mediated contact. So using different media to make contact with the person, even if it's not face-to-face, this is obviously online. This is huge with social media. People create like different accounts and they'll name themselves something totally different or go on someone else's. They'll do anything they can to get contact with the person. There's also flowing on from that again, surveillance. So this is this is like, you know, learning details about the target without their knowledge. So this could be like looking into their lives from afar or like they're trying to maybe see what they do day to day, where they work, where they Talking to their friends and like trying to find out all these things about them that they don't know that you're getting. Oh, pretty terrifying. Invasion is another one. So, I mean, this one's quite self-explanatory. Violation of physical or symbolic boundaries you know you've told them not to contact you and they still are or they're actually physically like trespassing you know into your space and then we have harassment and intimidation this is where behaviors get a little bit more aggressive and this is where sort of tactics that are starting to cross the line come into this whereas they are using fear or frightening you into maybe letting you back into their life or going on a date with them or talking to them again. Yeah, like forcing you into things you don't want to do through potential consequences that could be scary. Yeah, and then again, so this whole list has sort of been going from low level to more high level because then we move into coercive threats. This is obviously when it moves past like harassment or intimidation or the idea that they're going to do something into actually threatening you. So like all those behaviors that came before and then they move into threatening and then it can move into violence so they have taken it from trying to come face to face to you trying to use media to get back into your life finding out information about you surveilling you harassing you threatening you and then like sort of the final straw is actually being violent towards you and that is where it's really important especially for like you know the second half of this list that we're talking about We do have resources um, down below for if you do feel like someone is crossing these lines. For all of these, you know, you can text love better or you can email them because you deserve to get help if you're experiencing any of these. And this is really serious behavior that sometimes maybe because you know the person doesn't seem as serious in real life. But then maybe when you look back retrospectively, you'll be like, oh, shit, like, these were all of the things that this person was doing and because I maybe you're with this person and then you break up and then they start to do this so you you have much more of a connection Mm -hmm. to this person which can cloud your vision of what they're doing but what we're going to probably focus on more today with the stories at least because it's what a lot of you wrote into us about is online stalking or cyber stalking and how that can come into your real life as well your in real life life um, because it's becoming increasingly common, except, especially with the amount we all fucking use social media. It can be a bit nuanced, this whole conversation, because we often use like stalking or I stalked my ex or whatever as a bit of a joke or a throwaway comment. But as you're going to see, it can quite quickly get a lot more serious than that. And maybe we are trivializing it a little bit by I, yeah. saying 
oh yeah, I went and stalked my ex. Yeah, I think that this is just very common online language that we use these days is like, oh, I'm stalking this person on Instagram. I'm stalking this person on TikTok. And like, that is okay to stalk someone on Instagram here and there, whatever. Like we all do it. I've definitely done it. Luce, I know you would have as well. I stalked Maddie Healy on the daily. (laughs) That is where it might be bordering on obsession, but we'll move past that. Um, but just because we use the same language doesn't mean that it's any We're talking less, about the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that real life stalking isn't as heavy as it is. Okay, so now that we know what we're talking about, and actually quite helpfully what we're not talking about, those light throwaway comments, it's probably a good time for us to get into a few stories that you all sent through to us. And it was actually quite jarring, the number of you that had stories about being stalked or maybe even having the tendency in yourself so first we're going to give some examples of how online stalking can kind of move into something a bit more serious and a bit more dangerous in the real world I love that I keep saying online is not the real world like online is very much part of our real world we would be stupid to say that it's not but when we're saying in the real world we're meaning like physically like physical day-to-day life that's not on a screen yeah okay so story number one they joined every single forum i'd ever mentioned using to watch everything i posted they created a blog about me and documented everything they knew about every move i made and they publicly plotted how they would win me back they ended up at my university halls and pulled every poster down off my walls pulled my clothes out of my wardrobe and threw my desk chair across the room This is pretty terrifying and it hits a lot of the behaviours to look out for when people are stalking you. We've got the physical invasion, them coming into your room and pulling off the posters on your wall, like a whole lot of surveillance here. They're even documenting it, which is very scary. Obviously, there's mediated contact and interactional contact. I mean, they made a fucking blog about everywhere this person was through a lot of these stories it'll be quite helpful for us to look back at that list of things that do constitute stalking and and maybe you'll be able to realize that some of the behaviors that have been happening to you actually do tick a few too many of those boxes and you do need to get some further help or continue listening to this podcast where Liv is hopefully going to give us some helpful tips to how to deal with shit like that for sure so the next story My ex cheated on my then naive self plenty of times. Never proven until one morning after they slept over, I found all their cheating chats on my laptop. They either forgot to log out or left everything open for me to find in some sick wannabe power move. So I officially told them to fuck off. I dumped... Go off. I dumped them previously, but they had slithered back into my life by finding out where my new apartment was from friends of friends and bringing me a kitten. I quite like some of this language. I know. What did she say? Slithering. Slithered back into my life and the cheating chats. I know. That's quite good. Yeah, so then they came back to their apartment and they brought them a kitten. And then they go on to say, I know, I should have seen the warning signs much sooner. Flash forward a couple of years and I've had to block them on all platforms because after I had to alert security at my job about them because they kept lurking around and leaving me obsessive letters, they continued to hawk me, desperately trying to get back in contact. I told my friends how distressing it was that they wouldn't leave me alone, but they didn't take it seriously. 
So one night at my friend's Halloween party, my phone rings. It's them. The host answers, gives them the address, invites them over, then hands me the phone thinking this is all really funny. I start really freaking out when, before I hang up, they tell me that they've been driving around that night to all my old addresses to see if I was still there. My friend apologizes, finally seeing that I'm not being dramatic. I call an Uber, but my ex arrives within minutes and tries to convince me to get back together with them. When I finally get away, they call me on repeat until I manage to block their number. Why hadn't I done this sooner? Over the next couple of years, they found ways to reach me. The two wildest being, one, when their mum, who I had a good relationship with and who works in the same industry as me, wrote to me on Facebook inviting me over for dinner. And only when I showed potential interest... I was just being polite and not saying no outright. Did she mention that she could invite her son too? And oh, what a great couple we always made. And then two, when a handful of people from high school reached out to me with the same weird story, saying that my ex had reached out to them and asked if they would tell me that they had terminal cancer and their dying wish was to see me one last time. They did not have cancer. I finally asked a criminal lawyer friend of mine if my situation would warrant getting a restraining order, mostly as a symbolic move to officialize my telling them to fuck off and hopefully put an end to the harassment. She studied the different ways they contacted me and what she told me made my hair stand on end. She said that the frequency, timeline and methods of them contacting me just skirted the edge of legality as if they knew the minimum requirements for a restraining order and were staying purposefully just below it. So there is a lot to unpack in the story. I feel like the first thing that came to my mind when we first read it was was there was a lot of self-doubt and almost self-blame when Mm -hmm. the stalking first started happening, as in they called themselves naive or they said, why hadn't I done this sooner? Why hadn't I blocked them sooner? And it's because we're not actually taught how to look for this or how to deal with it when it happens to us. And the thing is, when we get a story like this written down point by point, and obviously it's a lot of time condensed into one paragraph, it seems very different to how it would have played out in real life. I think when we read these stories, it can be like, yeah, why didn't you see this? This like behavior is really intense. But when you're in this circumstance, I feel like it's almost helpful to write it down like this. And point blank say all of the things that are happening and then you can actually see it on paper Literally, and, and be like pass it to a support person yes. and be like you have a look at this tell yes. me you know that it, validate me and how I'm feeling because this went on for years yeah and it, if they didn't validate themselves because they were like oh I'm not really sure whether this behavior is actually bad or not and then their friends are getting a, a version of the story communicated to them that is probably toned down Mm. and then the fact that their friends were like oh it's not that much of a big deal then that increases the self-doubt and that's kind of a bad cycle to get into as well and there are circumstances where you might feel like oh because at the start I willingly gave them this information or I maybe liked at the beginning the chase or whatever you're feeling that doesn't make you deserve any of this you know however you acted at the beginning whether it was just when you broke up or just when you were getting together does not constitute anywhere near this level of of stalking in this story not at all and it can be hard to gauge when that goes over the line yes and I do feel like this is a good example of 
like if you are actually concerned for your safety and maybe you don't have a friend who works, you know, in criminal law, um, netsafe.co.nz actually has some fucking good resources to help you figure it out. I actually think this is a case where you could contact the police, get some advice, let them know that lines have been massively crossed. Or the Ministry of Social Development here in New Zealand actually has a relationship quiz that can help you see when again when that line is passed and this one to me definitely pass definitely crosses the line but I can see how in the moment until you write it down or until you feel like how blessed are we that they felt safe enough to write this to us to maybe help them see mm-hmm. holy shit this was fucked and I hope it doesn't happen to anyone else but if you can't do that on your own there are resources we've got them all down in the show notes but I feel like this was an important time maybe to let you know that you should go and use them and check them. Absolutely. And so sometimes stalking, unlike these other stories, which is both being from the perspective of the person who has felt like they're being stalked, sometimes it's something that you might do in the heat of the moment. And there is an incredibly high chance that you will regret it. And and like we always say on this podcast, it's all about you and looking after you and you don't want to be living with regret. So I thought we'd read a story from someone who was sort of brave enough to write into us about feeling or showing some stalking behaviours themselves. I'm very ashamed to admit to having online stalked exes following on from a breakup before. No contact, just to see what they were up to and how things were going in their life. At least that's how I justified it. But one time an ex found out and it made them uncomfortable. I reached out and apologised and we're friends now, but I still feel terrible. I've also online stalked my cheating and abusive ex to see what's going on in their life. But again, that's not okay and it's not good for my mental health. So this is a very self-aware um story I thought it is and it's really showing the other side of the spectrum of stalking obviously I think a lot of people would really relate to this most people online stalk their ex yeah a bit when they break up and with this person they're showing signs of regret here so maybe they crossed a personal line yes. for themselves but I do think it's something that we can all look out for yes. because it's become a very normal part of dating culture stalking your ex online but as we can see in this episode it can really snowball into yes. more dangerous behaviors so for this person it was great that they caught it before any kind of dangerous behaviors yeah. were actually you know, coming to light. And and for them, this came from their ex finding out what they were doing and then mm. them, you know, having a conversation about it and this person did apologise. And so, you know, it was kind of lucky that they got found out, caught but in the act. They were being held accountable yeah. for their actions. Yeah, and then, and, and then what the story also shows is that, you know, sometimes you can stalk them just to see what they're up to, whether that's for a good reason, you know, you're actually interested in whether they're doing okay or whether they're having a good life, or most likely is that you're just wanting to see how their life compares to yours, which isn't going to help you in any meaningful way either. No, I think a lot of people spend a lot of energy in this realm after a breakup. And this can last for years. Like people, you know, oh, I'll just pop on, I'll see what they're up to. And it's like, you know, doing that like every few months or a year like yeah whatever it's like obviously interesting in some way because they were a huge part of your life but when it is like shit oh they've got a new partner and and I I don't don't. or they've 
like they're succeeding in life and I feel like I'm not or whatever it is like again that's not good for you it's not healthy and nipping it in the bud social media has made this so hard because I'm just thinking back to like you know when our parents would have dated someone and broken up with them and then they almost don't even have the Mm. option well I mean they didn't have the option to just jump on their phone and see you know what they're tweeting what they're posting on Instagram the TikToks that they're making you know they I mean, it could have gone one of two ways. It could have been in real life, you know, Mm -hmm. unwarranted um, contact and things like that. Obviously, it definitely still happened in previous years before social media. But it's just the access to it now has made the line so blurry between what you think is okay and what's not. And also just made it so easy to keep tabs on all your exes. And to get in that hole of looking them up yeah but you've got to focus on you I can't even imagine a world where you could meet someone you could be in a relationship with them for however long and then you'll just never see them again never have contact with them never hear about them again they'll just disappear out of your life because we don't have this internet trail no like that's it seems good back then it seems good (laughs) seems good like the good old days so love it's probably helpful for us to go a little bit into maybe what makes people feel like they want to sort of stalk someone or start showing these behaviors obviously as with everything to do with human nature there's no one answer we can't give you like a single reason that you're acting this type of way but there are a few factors that can sort of lead lead to this stalking behavior number one and this is a common feeling the inability to handle rejection so if you know you've broken up with someone and you don't really want to accept it there can be a feeling like oh I can win this person back mm-hmm. or I just did a few things wrong but I can be better. Or that whole thing of like not letting people break up with you. I've yes. heard of that quite a few yes. times. It's like, oh, I went in to break up with this person. They literally said, no, I don't want to break up. And then... Or that unwarranted behavior follows. Absolutely. And then there's also the desire for control. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about controlling behavior and, and it's not an excuse for moving into, you know, stalking territory, but the desire for control can come from a lot, like a lot of things that you feel like maybe in your childhood or your upbringing, you've been unable to control. So then in your relationship or on your breakup, you're still trying to grasp something that you can have control over and it and it can manifest in not letting this person go mm-hmm. and so this is something that I think we'll probably go into a little bit more in the episode there's also an element of fantasy that can come into this whole discussion about stalking so maybe the person that's showing this behavior or you if you're showing this behavior can feel really stuck on this fantasy or this idea that you are meant to be together and you get a little bit removed from reality. Like you have this idea in your head of what it should be. Like and what it's it could fate, be. it's destiny. Yes. Like they don't know this yet, but I'll show them the path that we're meant to forge together, that yes. sort of thing. And, and they can feel a sense of entitlement maybe towards you, which can mean that there's this sort of imaginary relationship or there's an imaginary future together that they are trying to grasp onto and, and, you know, showing some of these behaviours to keep you in their lives that actually have nothing to do with the real situation. Oh, things can get very, very warped. Like, they can see you as a damsel in distress that yes. needs saving from someone else and creating very 
off narratives yes. in their head about maybe the other people in your life that they see you with or the behaviors you've shown towards them and what they mean they can take them and twist them yes and or like oh well they obviously they they did this on social media so they obviously want me to go and see them yeah and answer this question or you know yeah it's like when you start looking into something just you know in mundane everyday yeah. life and you start kind of making connections that potentially aren't there I feel like this is that but on steroids on a much bigger more dangerous scale yes and then there's the obvious like anger either towards your ex or anger that the relationship's over and you're just you're not happy that it's over and you want it to keep going so you are trying to interact with them in Mm -hmm. any way shape or form that you can I feel like anger can be quite a driving force in these stalking behaviors but Liv there's actually a little bit more psychology when it comes to quote-unquote passion Mm. and how this can lead to some of these behaviors as well for sure so obviously in a relationship we throw around the word passion you know passion for someone passion for the relationship itself and psychologists have found that passion can be related to stalking but the thing is that there are actually two different types of passion when it comes to romantic relationships so the first one is harmonious passion and These are romantic behaviors that are freely chosen and the romantic relationship is in harmony with other aspects of both of the people's lives. You know, like it's really lovely. It has its space in your life, but also you're able to go to work, school, hanging out with your friends, you know, all of the other aspects of your life that are also important besides your relationship Mm. and it works well alongside. Whereas obsessive passion is when... Someone's self-worth is dependent on the relationship. So the romantic relationship actually dominates their life. And that means that a lot of the other areas that bring you happiness are totally neglected. And this often tends to be a trait of stalkers. A lot of stalkers have obsessive passion in their relationships. And so when you do break up... That's their whole life. Absolutely. nothing else is in harmony. And then... What drives the obsessive passion is actually a really, really intense fear of being abandoned. And this is quite often the underlying reason for stalking. Again, it's not an excuse for stalking, but it is an explanation for why people might show these really harmful and dangerous behaviors. So because they're totally preoccupied with their romantic relationship and they are absolutely terrified of being left by that person because this innate fear of abandonment that was probably created during their childhood or through some sort of trauma in their life. Um, So a breakup could be a major threat to their self-worth because remember, it's tied totally to that romantic relationship, which isn't healthy. If you start feeling like this could be you, do try and take ownership of these feelings in a positive way by heading to the show notes for the resources that can help you overcome these feelings. As Lucy said, there's some great stuff on NetSafe and there's a few other organizations down there that could really help you out. So how is stalking harmful during or after a breakup? So we do know that stalking is obviously not a pleasant thing. It can be super, super dangerous. So we're just going to be going into what people might experience while they're being stalked or if they are the one stalking. 
often if you're being stalked, you can experience some really overwhelming emotions. And sometimes this can be like a traumatic stress response. So that's kind of a step further than overwhelming emotions. This is if you're experiencing things like a racing heart, difficulty breathing, shaking, nausea, body aches, headaches, trouble sleeping, um, or appetite changes, things like that. If you're experiencing these alongside panic attacks, these are all kind of symptoms of anxiety, your nervous system being out of whack because of the trauma of being stalked. And this can really take some time to set right, but you can absolutely do this with the help of professionals. But this is when you may potentially need to go and see someone um, who can help you further. And then life can be quite disrupted both socially and at home if you think about you know always looking out the window seeing if someone's there that is really really terrifying again going to your friend's party and them showing up these are examples of how stalking can absolutely affect your day-to-day life and then stalking is obviously harmful to the person who is stalking their ex as well because it's taking over their life they're not able to focus on themselves they may have you know mental health issues that they need to get some help for so again this is time where you need to seek some professional help so now we're going to go into what to actually do if you're being stalked or are stalking someone so if you're the person being stalked this advice is taken from the New Zealand Victim Support website if you want some more information go and visit them so the first thing to do is to report the crime to the police Um, don't think that anything's too small yeah absolutely it's always a good option to contact the police when you think your safety is at risk also keep a record and copies of the things that they've sent you there's actually an app called bright sky new zealand i feel like like we saw in that story above it is actually really important or maybe less important but useful to you as well to keep records of these things, no matter how big or little they seem. I think it's definitely important because in a court of law, all of this stuff will help and you need as much evidence as possible backing you up. Even in that story of, you know, your friend's not believing you, you need to Yeah, like even if it's not for a court of law, if it's just for your own validation and understanding of the search. For sure. That is actually fucking good advice. And that app that lets you do it secretly is mean. Yeah, for sure. One of the most important things is asking for emotional and practical support from those close to you. Always tap into that support system, especially when you're going through such a scary time. If you are being troubled at work, do tell your manager or employer and ask for their assistance. Again, they're not going to think that you're stupid. They're not going to think that this is too little of a situation to care about. They should care about you and your safety if they are good employers. Use your phone safely, so use that block button. Try and put as much of a barrier between you and them as possible, especially online. And then if you are the stalker, if you find yourself engaging in any of these harmful behaviours, and if any of this sounds familiar to your own thoughts or actions, it is really important to recognise this and take ownership of these feelings in a positive way that prevents further harm to yourself or your ex. The first step is identifying these emotions and taking a step back instead of acting in the heat of the moment. And if this doesn't help, then please do, as we have reiterated many times in this podcast, seek some professional help because that is the next best step Mm -hmm. and 
if you have been stalked, which we were taken aback by the amount of you in our audience that have had these experiences, you need to let yourself heal from them. And this can sometimes take time. So we're going to give you a few tips to help you with that process. So first things first, talk about what's happened. Don't keep it to yourself. A lot of people think that you know, their problems are burdens for other people. They absolutely are not. If you let this out, the impact on your life is going to decrease drastically. Mm. So talk about what's happened with people that you trust is so, so important. And then again, our reactions are very normal responses to traumatic events. And stalking is a traumatic event. Don't minimize that in your own brain. But these will lessen over time. Again, those sort of symptoms that I was saying about with the panic attacks and any anxiety manifestations that you may be feeling, if they don't subside on their own, again, seek professional advice. There are people that have trained for years and years and years in support for people who have been stalked. And then if you are the stalker, I know we are going over this quite a few times, but it is just so important to take a step back and try not to act on those emotions that you feel really intensely. Try to get to the root of why you are doing this and remember that it's not actually helping yourself or your ex and often seeking professional help will be the best way to work through this. I feel like this podcast has been very much Liv and I can help you unpack some of these ideas and some of these behaviors but actually at the end of the day the line is quite blurry and it can be crossed super easily and it's your own line to draw Mm. so if you feel like your boundaries have been crossed in any type of way whether that's online whether that's in real physical life genuinely professional help or the help of people like the police or NetSafe is incredibly important which is why we keep sort of nailing that point home is that we can help you only so far to recognize these but it is like Liv said there's people that have trained their whole lives to be able to help you with this like the hardest step can sometimes be reaching out and using them and I think our first reaction is to often minimize these things that happen to us which again is a common thing to do but it's not a helpful thing to do and your problems are valid yes if there's something that is really derailing your life it is always always important to go and seek that help and you are so worthy of it based on the responses that just we got when asking it's happening to a lot of you so do go and reach out to your friends reach out to someone that maybe can help you a bit more but definitely definitely make use of all the resources that we've got below Own the Feels obviously would not be possible without Love Better and to all of you who gave us your stories to bring these podcasts to life. Like we said before, if you're going through a breakup and you need advice or just someone to talk to, Youthline New Zealand have set up a dedicated and free Love Better helpline. All you have to do is email lovebetter at youthline.co.nz or text Love Better to 234. 